0: now welcome to nothing impossible sponsored by accelerate st louis the epicenter of innovation for the st louis region now here are your hosts michael calhoun and travis sheridan on news radio 1120 kmox
1: welcome into to nothing impossible michael and travis with you and say good day to travis sheridan good day mate welcome back from australia good on you I've
2: been learning all these great terms. By the way, I know in St. Louis we, uh, we have the word Hoosier to re- refer to, like redneck. Yes. Bogan is the term in Australia, just in case you need to know. Bogan, B-O-G-E-N? Yeah, Bogan. All right. And that uh, that's not the extent of my uh, acculturation to, uh, to Australia, but it is always fun to learn new vernacular when you go to a How a new, long was the flight? Uh, it was uh, 24 hours to get there and
1: about 20 hours to get home. All to learn Bogan. All to learn Bogan. <laughs> no, i just learn, kidding.
2: And to learn all about the innovation that's going on in the Australia region, both in Melbourne and Sydney.
1: Yeah, so this was part of your role as uh, head of Venture Cafe Global Institute. Right. Based yep. here in St. Louis.
2: Based in St. Louis. We are looking at uh, both Melbourne and Sydney as one of our next expansion locations.
1: Wonderful. The first expansion was from Boston to... St. Louis. St. Louis, yeah. All right. Keep well, growing. We're going to talk about the innovation scene in St. Louis on the show today, as we do every week on Nothing Impossible. And our interviews will focus on a couple of St. Louis-centric issues. Number one, a program called Your STL Courts. This grew out of Global Hack a couple of years ago, not quite a couple of years ago. The uh, the civic hacking competition where you've got an arena full of contestants and there are computer programmers who are in this competition. They're given a problem and they're told, all right, you've got till Sunday to solve it. Go. And they bring in pallets of Red Bull and they just (laughs) tap away at their computers trying to find a solution. And this one was about the municipal courts in St. Louis County.
2: Yeah. And the fact that uh, if you, you get a ticket, you might not know how to pay that ticket, where to pay that ticket. You lose the ticket. Where was the, the ticket, ticket from again? Yeah. You 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 uh, you're on I seventy, and you didn't really look at what car it was that pulled you over. Was, was it that
1: pine lawn? Or was it Saint Vincent? Yeah, where St. was that? Anne. We could go on,
2: <laughs> right? Uh, and so this is a, and then that, if you don't do that, then you have failures to appear, and you have bench warrants, and it can spiral out of control. So uh, yeah, this application that was built out of Global Hack
1: addresses that. So we're going to talk first off about the fact that we came up with this solution and we're implementing it and creating a national model really and then we're also going to talk with one of the programmers who's at the keyboard making this happen how do you use it how does it work and what's next and so that's all coming up and then after that the wall street journal this week took a spotlight to st louis area based edward jones which traditionally has had their branch locations their advisors um, you know in the corner store in a strip mall in the suburbs or on main street in small town america but now Edward Jones is branching branching out to urban areas. Or
2: branching in. Branching into right, urban right. areas. Well, and
1: they're also hiring. Um, this is interesting because Edward Jones has had a career path where you switch careers, you go to Edward Jones, they train you. You're new. Basically, they train you from the ground up to be an advisor. And now they've got some pretty hefty signing bonuses to lure advisors over from their rival companies, the Merrill Lynch's of the world. Well, and I.
2: Going back to the first piece about them going into the urban areas, if you think about, you know, why Edward Jones was started in the first place, it was to take this professional financial advising and expertise out to uh, out to markets that weren't on, weren't in the financial hubs, right? You can
1: everybody in America, regular America, can have access to a financial advisor, and it's a guy in your community, the Edward right. Jones corner office,
2: right? And so, why wouldn't that happen in the urban areas uh, where you have? Uh, populations that are still underserved as it relates to financial advising and financial planning. So I think it, it's, it makes a lot of sense from a business standpoint. It also makes sense just from a, a
1: market standpoint of reaching the people where they are. And when it comes to maybe some of the millennials and others who are moving into these urban areas, too, they might just have an app on their phone. Right. They might be bypassing this whole advisor industry, and I, they might just be using Robinhood to buy the buy the stocks that they choose. I will tell you, I um, there's been a lot
2: of Article. There have been a lot of articles out there, and I tend to believe that um, you know the financial advisor is one of those things that can um, it's at risk of being replaced by an algorithm. Um, You know, this there's so much data. Right, this is all based on data database decisions, and an algorithm can do it faster and a little bit more accurately. But there is, if you are new to financial advising uh, or new to making those decisions in your life, it is good to actually have a human being to help walk you through that.
1: News and notes from this week. First off, we we talked about this on Total Information AM on Thursday. Debbie and I had Brian Dixon in from Capital Innovators to talk about the Ameren Accelerator. The applications were due on Friday. And this is an accelerator program, a $100,000 investment and all sorts of other things for Five to seven companies that are in the energy sector, whether it's a new way to generate energy or technology to monitor the grid or drones or all sorts of different things. Ameren wants to invest in startups that have technology that can help it.
2: And they're partnering with the University of Missouri-St. Louis, which is also great uh, because it is getting the the, stu- the 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 research that's being done either at, by students or faculty at, at the university. And yeah, getting these people together is wonderful. Absolutely. And we...
1: We had a program focused on this a few weeks ago, right. so go to KMOX.com slash audio, click on Nothing Impossible to find that episode for an in-depth look at the Ameren Accelerator. But also, speaking of Capital Innovators, one of their investments is doing quite well, Travis, Gainsight. Yeah, and I don't—was it Capital Innovators or Cultivation Capital, I think? It was Capital Innovators. Brian talked about it wow. on— uh, on the air on okay. Thursday. Wow, yeah. I,
2: I didn't realize that. They, so that's <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah, Gainsight, uh, which used to be called J a long time
1: ago. Now, what do they? How do you describe? And we've only got a, uh, about a minute left before we've got to get to our guests. But uh, customer service technology, customer success, customer service—essentially,
2: uh, making sure that you are uh, meeting your your customers' goals and objectives and. Uh, People are saying Gainsight could be the first company in that sector to be worth over a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, there's a new $52 million investment that uh, was just announced this past week. What is unicorn status? Because I've seen that in a lot of articles. By the way, um, a company, I believe, founded in St. Louis, now based in California, still presence in St. Louis, in St. Louis County. And uh, close to unicorn status, what does that mean? Well unicorns are elusive, right? Uh, and sometimes fictional. And the idea
2: of a unicorn startup is that it be, uh, that you catch that unicorn and it becomes a billion dollar company. That's the threshold that it's valued at a billion dollars.
1: What does it mean for St. Louis to have created a company that could be a billion dollar company? It started from nothing here. I mean, these companies start from nothing. every company starts from nothing,
2: right? So imagine what it takes to go from nothing to a billion dollars. That's, For St. Louis, we should be very
1: proud of that. All right, well, coming up next, we're going to focus on your STL courts, the idea and how it's been brought to fruition. That's up next on Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis on KMOX.
0: Mornings and afternoons, KingMOX has news at the top and bottom of the hour, traffic and weather every 10 minutes, and sports at 15 and 45. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region. On News Radio 1120, KMOX.
2: Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Travis Sheridan, Michael Calhoun. Uh, we're talking about civic innovation, which is. Uh, you know, where government gets involved in innovation. And please don't start laughing as you're listening to this. It really does happen. Uh, the government can help. Uh, and so, Michael, let's
1: keep talking about it. Absolutely. We're going to talk about a great idea that came out of Global Hack. We've told, we've even gone to Global Hacks on the program before and introduced you to the concept. And one of the ideas that won was a concept to make uh, dealing with the court system in St. Louis just a little bit easier because we had heard about people who, maybe had a ticket resurfaced from years and years ago that they had forgotten about. And just getting information can be tough. And so what's happened is this idea has blossomed into something called Your STL Courts. And here to introduce us to it is Laura Kinzel-Bayer, who's the founder of CivTech St. Louis. Thank you for coming in.
3: Thanks for having me.
1: And so for people who are not familiar or or who don't remember from the Global Hack, I think it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. When was that? Do you remember?
3: Yes. It was September 2015. Okay.
2: So we're we're getting about 18 months into this now.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. So what was the, what was that original idea at Global Hack?
3: Well, the founders of Global Hack, um, somehow I got into touch with them and I found out that they wanted to change the focus of Global Hack from being, uh, serving for profit entities, building tools for companies, basically, into a civic-focused hackathon. And so I pitched the idea to them, hey, do this one as your first civic hackathon. And they liked the idea, and so we took it from there.
2: So this was 18 months ago, and I think what uh, people sometimes assume when you do a hackathon is that uh, you drink a lot of Red Bull, you stay up for 48 hours, and then you produce a company, and then you it just becomes, it goes right to market. But now it's been about 18 months uh, since that that time. So what's been happening between then and now? Uh, some of the technology, I imagine, has been uh, being written. But there's also been just this integration and actually buy-in, right?
3: Yeah, correct. Um, it has taken quite a while. Uh, so just to kind of back up and give a little context, there are over 80 municipal courts <clears throat> Excuse me, in St. Louis County, And so doing outreach with all of those courts and municipalities, it it took some time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not only did we do outreach with municipalities and the courts, but the actual vendors that serve those municipalities, we had to reach out with them and, and educate them about what was going
1: on. I remember with Better Together talking about doing their research on how much money we spend on government and that sort of thing they had some issues with some of these smaller municipalities not responding to sunshine requests in a timely manner or saying, well, it's going to cost a lot of money for you to get a copy of our budget or or stuff like that. So when it comes to hooking a software program into their municipal court systems, was there any kind of pushback or feet dragging or anything like that? Or were were the municipalities, by and large, pretty cooperative?
3: Um, Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, the municipalities were very cooperative because... They were under quite a uh, spotlight, as you remember, a couple of years ago. And so this was something that we came to them where it was funded by the MacArthur Foundation. And they basically didn't have to do anything. We did all the work. We paid for it. And they were like, great, this is going to help us out. So, yeah.
1: It's a better customer service experience <laughs> for them. I mean, isn't it good when you have fewer people who are upset at you or frustrated with you? So. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. And, and if it doesn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. I mean, it's. It's like somebody like bringing me a meal that they prepared and I didn't pay for. And and why would I not eat it?
3: Right. Right. Yeah. This um, is something that they all were very enthusiastic about and um, really saw no downside to participating.
1: Now, what did you learn from the global hack experience? And this was one of the winning winning ones. But what just the the massive ideas and (laughs) Red Bull fueled, Mm -hmm. you know, idea thon for 48 hours.
3: Well, the funniest thing about the Hack experience was that the amount of time it actually took the hackers to understand the problem. So we wrote a brief with five scenarios that they were supposed to address in their problem solving. And just the amount of time it took them to actually understand if they hadn't had a ticket themselves in St. Louis County or the St. Louis region, it took them a while to figure out, okay, what are we trying to solve? And that is a, it just kind of, Sheds light on how complex that problem is for any everyday person who's trying to navigate that system.
2: Well, and I, I think that's uh, that's that's a good testament to uh, how challenging it is to develop any product. Right, there are oftentimes these entrepreneurs that develop products, and they they never get outside perspective. Uh, they think they know the answer. Uh, it's because of maybe a small personal experience uh, or a, a f- experience of a, of a family member, but not necessarily going to the end user. And you know, uh, and People talk about the need for empathy a lot when developing a product. So I can imagine uh, being thrown a product, being thrown a type timeline, timeline, and not having the the opportunity to go out and you know do a lot of research on it is a bit of a challenge. Uh, after global hack, was there uh, an opportunity for them to go and refine a little bit more and learn a little bit more?
3: Yeah. So we actually took the the winning product from global hack and used that as our prototype. And so that team, um, as as well as a couple of others that we engaged with early on we're able to kind of dig in deeper and start building that prototype product. So, yeah.
1: And when it comes to CivTech St. Louis, you're the founder. Tell us more about, about that and how your STL Quartz fits into maybe a wider vision.
3: Yeah. So CivTech St. Louis was something that we started um, basically in order to tackle this project specifically. It's actually... Um, we're part of a cohort with the MacArthur Foundation and the other cities that got the same grant called the Civic Tech and Data Collaborative. So Tech St. Louis is really just a shortening of that long name. And we are founding a a nonprofit organization out of it, though. And so because, you know, the more that we do engagement with the community and um, just the county in general, the local jurisdictions, as well as the citizenry, there's so many issues or problems that we could easily tackle and take on going forward so the municipal court is just the tip of the iceberg
2: so there um there are other challenges you see that technology can solve in st louis and in the region yeah wow okay (laughs) uh top of mind what are some of those uh, that you're thinking of
3: uh top of mind one i am thinking of is business permitting Mm. so you know especially for small businesses it's kind of this exact same concept you know we have so much fragmentation Every municipality does their their stuff slightly differently, and so creating some kind of a, a uniform, at least uh, jumping off point to get small businesses permitted and going, mm-hmm. it would be a, a cool idea, I think.
2: Well, and I know a lot of cities or even wards within cities are starting to move toward participatory budgeting as well, and maybe making the budget process a little bit more transparent, so that just from accessing from your own computer, you could say, well, here's how I would design the budget, or here's how I would I think money should be spent. Uh, do you see, I mean, I, I joked at the very beginning that civic and innovation shouldn't be laughed at, but is this becoming more and more of a trend where, where municipalities are saying, yes, we need to be much more innovative?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I think there's just generally more exposure um, <clears throat> to tech solutions um, by municipalities and local governments in general. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was a lot of momentum with the Obama administration as far as hiring chief data officers in local government and uh, there are more and more apps being implemented. You know, I know the city of St. Louis is, is now using Pay it to mm-hmm. for certain bills that you can pay with a mobile app. Uh, and that is definitely um, gaining momentum. So we, we actually started, started this project working with Code for America. Hmm. And that's really their mission is to deliver these technology-based solutions to local government. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a growing trend.
1: Well, if advertisers can soak up all the data they can and crunch it to figure out the best way to get to us, then all the data that affects our everyday lives, why don't we crunch that and try to just with the STL courts to try to streamline things and maybe come up with some ideas on how to raise the quality of life and, and that sort of thing. What is, what is the status of, you've got your STL courts in St. Louis, but these other cities that are part of the MacArthur Foundation grant, um, the other CivTech cities, where are they? Are they to the point that we are? Because we seem pretty advanced with this.
3: Yeah, no, we are definitely the poster children of this grant. So Really? <laughs> yes, we're okay. very, um, very proud to be able to announce to the group, the cohort, and we have also learning partners. So we have other cities that are a little bit um, further behind that are just starting out. Um, to report the progress of the project, we've we meet with them on an annual basis and have like a little conference and we present to them. So yeah, they're very excited about the progress that we've made and we're very excited to have launched on May 1st with St. Louis County and we're bringing more municipalities on board every week. So um, it is definitely very exciting to see this come to fruition.
2: Well, Laura, thanks so much for joining us. uh, So people can go to your St. Louis Courts your STL courts. Your right. com. Your STL And don't
3: w- forget that you can get text text reminders as well yeah. um, for your case to be in court.
2: And how can people learn more about CivTech?
3: Um we do have a website, we have a Twitter feed that's really active. Um, we, you know, have mostly been spending our time launching this product, so we haven't been super active on social media, but our Twitter feed is definitely the latest and greatest news. So that's where right. to Find us,
1: Laura Kinsel Bayer, the founder of CivTech St. Louis. Thank you very much. Thank and coming you so up much. next, we'll walk you through how your STL courts works. We're going to talk with Clark Wolsey, one of the developers on the project. We'll be back right after this.
0: Now back to Nothing Impossible, sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region on News Radio 1120 KMOX.
1: Welcome back, Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan. And we are talking about your STL Courts and the program to help people just really understand the legal system in St. Louis better. Yeah, this was a, a project that came out of Global Hack probably a
2: year ago, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, one of their first civic innovation hacks that they put together. They were working with Rise and some folks at St. Louis County, and um, now the technology is moving
1: forward and being developed. Yeah, we're joined in studio by Clark Wolsey, who is one of the developers for your STL Courts. Thanks for coming in.
4: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.
1: So tell us about this. Um, is it a, a tool, I guess, an online tool? What are some of the features and what can people do with your STL courts? Well, it's a web app, actually, so you can access it on your
4: mobile phone or your desktop computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really born out of a need. that The idea is that you've got so many different municipalities in St. Louis County that if you were to get a ticket and lose your ticket you'd be you'd be kind of wondering where where do i go you know who do i call because you don't want to call 80 different possible courts to get your ticket so that's it's really designed to help people
1: go and resolve their traffic tickets and i can recall especially after um what happened in ferguson and a lot of people saying as we talked about you know back warrants and stuff like that and people saying I just lost track of the ticket. I thought it was a traffic ticket. It was five years ago, and I lost track of it. I didn't go to court, and uh, it caught up with me.
2: You know, the thing that I think is so I, uh, I get parking tickets a lot. Um. In fact, I'm probably, I think I'm illegally parked downstairs right now because uh, I don't usually have change on me. Uh, but parking tickets may be less of a person's concern. But speeding tickets, other infractions, uh, it's easy for people to lose sight of those. And tell us a little bit about how the, uh, the, the app works and how it can help people not lose sight of that or actually get them taken care of.
4: So there's, there's four, when you hit the homepage of the website, there's actually four different ways you can do your searching. So the first one is if you happen to have your traffic tickets, but you're like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're on top of it, but you just don't know the, the
1: address, you can type in the name of your municipality. we will give you your court. You can click get directions. And, and that's right. You I've you got go it up right there. here. So that's right here at the top right here as I'm scrolling through all of these different cities. Right.
4: So, but, you know, a lot of times you could be like, I, I want to know more information. Maybe you have your traffic ticket number, so you can you can click in your citation number there. And then we do security on the website so that you can't just go look up anyone, your neighbor and (laughs) stuff, unless you know their birth date, but it will ask you for your birth date at that point. But the other two are more for, hey, I I did forget it. Maybe maybe it's been a long time and you have some warrants out for your arrest. You can put your driver's license in and anything that's open will actually come back in the form of... You could have five different violations, you could have one different violation, but it will show you all the violations across all the county courts. And this is just in
1: the St. Louis metro area? In the St. Louis, anything within the St. Louis county okay. system. Right. So that could be 90 municipal courts. Correct. There are 90 municipalities. And
2: I'm very excited to say that I uh, put my driver's license in, no tickets found.
4: Right. There you go. <laughs> now, one, one word of caution we want to do, we are rolling it out on a staged implementation because... It's, it's a lot of work to get a lot of different municipalities on board. Um, so right now it, it only contains the St. Louis County unincorporated court system.
1: Oh, dang it. I better go double check then. <laughs> yeah. go, go check all those municipalities. And then there's this uh, this other option down here that says, I kind of remember where I got my ticket. What is that for?
4: Right. So there there's a few places in the county where you could get stopped and it could be by a number of different police agencies. Mm. And again, if you don't have it, you don't have your... Because not everyone has a driver's license. We were As developers, we were looking this up, and we found that there's a high percentage of people that don't have that.
1: Yeah, just along 70 near the airport, it could be 10 police departments, one of those that pulled you over, or stretches of Manchester Road, you could go through five municipalities in the course of a couple of minutes. So, yeah, that, that could be a problem. Exactly. So if you click on that, there's a map that will pop up, and you can...
4: Click on. I think I got my ticket right in this area, or maybe it was this area. And you can, if and right now you're scrolling through the list, but you can actually select a. Map, oh, there it is. Yeah, and it comes up with
1: a mouse over that will highlight the different sections. Okay, so you can say, I I got it kind of in this this area. What are the different courts that it that it could be
4: in potentially? Right, and it will search those municipalities. You'll put your last name in, and it will search those
1: municipalities for any tickets from you. I think I said something that might have said sounded like "Hey Siri," there. <laughs> and so, uh, what was the biggest challenge with this? You're, you're mentioning that you're you're rolling it out. So many municipalities, and so many of them, I imagine, are not the most technologically advanced. All their records are not necessarily digitized and everything. Well, that's what we're finding. So you know, we've worked with uh, St. Louis County, and we had to
4: create a whole separate piece of software that would go interface directly to the county system. Now we're starting to work with other municipalities. Some municipalities, granted, only have a spreadsheet, but others have a whole different vendor that keeps track of all their tickets. So... We're having to write each one of those pieces of software individually as as we uh, get them on board with us.
2: what has been the biggest learning as you have worked with uh, the team that won Global Hack and as you're looking at building this out what's been the because I think so it's helpful for our listeners to uh, to understand a little bit about what goes into building something like this What's been the biggest learning as you've been putting this team together and working with this team
4: well I would say you know i I came from launch code and I'm working with the developers from from Global Hack, and they've kept this project as a real professional piece of software. Um, they're making us write, we write test code for it, we write, um, they're making sure that we're optimizing the code along the way so it's not really as sloppy, just putting it together and getting it out there. So it's really something that can be expanded easily in the future. Uh, one feature I do want to mention, though, is that we have a texting system. And at the top of the website, there's a note for that. But you can type in the number, and it will allow you on your phone to type in the citation number or your driver's license number and your date of birth. And then mm. you can sign up for alerts. So if you have a court date saying, you could say, okay, for ticket number one or number two that came up, please send me text reminders. So a week mm. before, a day before your court date, it will send out a reminder saying, hey, you've got a court date. Here's the details.
2: Oh, wow. And that will really help cut down the failure to appears and the, the bench warts that get
1: issued. That's our hope. That's yeah. our mm. desire. What if you... Um, discovered along this process because I think in st. Louis a lot of people say that we make plans but then we don't necessarily follow through and this is a great example of an idea that came out of Global hack and is coming to fruition it's a reality now and you're still working on it and what advice do you have for people who have these ambitious because this is ambitious um, actually getting getting stuff to reality to that stage so w-
4: when I when I started in September with the group it was r- one of the things that I liked was, it was more than just focusing on the development. The development's great, and we have a, a good core software team that's that's focused on putting out the features. But then on the other hand, you've got graphic artists, you've got a program manager, and you've got a person out there driving. And Laura, she's going to be she's out there putting flyers in all the libraries. She's putting um, all the publicity out there. So,
2: well, you mentioned uh, you know writing this as a professional. Uh, Software application. I think that you know we I, we get enamored by hackathons, and really hackathons are a way to just throw up the very basic uh, version of something. And uh, you just can't build a professional uh, solution in 48 hours, right? There's a lot of work that goes into it, but you can get enough out there that you know the framework is, is set, and that it looks like it might work in 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 uh, in the public sphere. Uh, how's it been taking something that was uh, you know a very rough idea after a fort- after a 48 hour window? and now building it out so it is professional is the team that you've been working with uh, are they still as energized now as they were then
4: I, yeah they they're very involved Ah, uh, they have full-time jobs that they're doing, so it, it's it's hard because we we get working and sometimes we forget that they have full-time jobs, <laughs> and they're like, oh, I have to work on the job that pays me. <laughs> but they're they're uh, sitting there doing all the reviews, making sure that they're not cutting corners on anything that's done. And the framework that they produced has actually been a framework that we've really built off of. the The look and feel of the websites changed along the way, and some of the features that you know they initially thought that they might be having in Global hack are not really there Mm -hmm. but the whole framework has essentially been the same most of the pages are are all the same some of the new things we added that weren't part of global hack were the texting system Mm. but the four different methods of search that we talked about earlier are uh, are and were
1: there Mm -hmm. after global hack so you're stlcourts.com and you said right now it's just unincorporated st louis county what's what's the timeline from here
4: uh, we're working on integrating Ferguson next, and we've got a few other municipalities that uh, we've signed MOUs mm-hmm. with, and we're we're working with their tech departments to figure out
1: how to interface with their, their code base. All right. Well, the next time you have a ticket that you're looking for information on, remember your com. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Oh, you're welcome. Thank, Thank you, you, you very much. Chuck Woolsey with uh, your STL Courts, a developer, and we'll be back with more Nothing Impossible after this.
3: When you need to know, you need Total Information AM. I'm Debbie Monterey. Join us each weekday morning from 5 to 8.30. All the news, sports, traffic, and information to get your day going right here on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
0: Now, back to nothing impossible. Sponsored by Accelerate St. Louis, the epicenter of innovation for the St. Louis region. On News Radio 1120,
2: KMOX. All right, so Edward Jones is heading into the urban core and... Looking at some new recruiting strategies for advisors. Michael, I had a chance to chat with Catherine Mose, the general partner responsible for branch development, uh, earlier in the
1: week. This Wall Street Journal story takes a look at your efforts on on two prongs. Number one, moving into more urban city areas. And uh, number two, and maybe a different clientele with that. Why don't we start with that and tell me about uh, the change where you've maybe traditionally put your advisors and, and where you might be expanding into now.
5: Yeah, sure, great question. So what's interesting is we've been growing throughout the uh, United States in, you know, initially more rural markets, but really for decades we've been growing in metro markets. So you think of uh, Dallas, Chicago, Kansas City. These are markets where we have a big presence. Um, we've been continuing to grow um, along the coast as well. So some of the markets where we want to increase our presence are markets like Seattle, Denver, Los Angeles, um, Houston, um, again, strong concentration in Chicago, um, as well as on the East Coast, so Boston, New York, Philly, D.C., Atlanta. Um, These are what we call um, markets that have uh, great, what we believe, lots of clients that look like Edward Jones clients, and then we also believe there's great opportunity to attract talent that would make great advisors. So that's really our focus in growing in those metro markets.
1: And it seems as if, uh, traditionally, Edward Jones, when it comes to growing your talent pool, has, uh, you've brought in people kind of at the beginning, and and they've been brought up, they've been raised almost in the Edward Jones system, and is, is uh, is that starting to change, too?
5: Yeah, so you're exactly right. So we have had such success in what we call our organic growth model, which is where we bring in people, career changers, and we train them to be financial advisors. We will continue to do that. It really is a means to accelerate our growth as we are now recruiting experienced financial advisors. Now, we've done this through the years, but just never with a really, really big focus. And what we found is we have sort of a unique place in the industry. So you may have seen that a lot of advisors are dissatisfied with their current situation. It may be some of the bigger wirehouse firms that have been taken over by banks, et cetera. Um, a lot of movement to the independent channel. And we, um, advisors, are starting to realize that we're the best sort of hybrid of both. So we're a Fortune 500 company with very big, deep resources, yet advisors in our model have autonomy almost like an independent advisor. They have their own office. um, They have their own, you know, a profit and loss statement, which is more entrepreneurial than, say, being in a wirehouse environment. And yet they have the deep resources and, you know, a very, very – advanced uh, product platform capabilities, research tools, technology. And so it's a great hybrid. So we're seeing a lot of interest, and so therefore we've built a team to help evaluate advisors' practices, see if they're a fit for our firm. And then if they are, in fact, we have a good recruiting package um, to compensate them to move to the firm, and then we have a good onboarding plan now in place to help them transition their clients to Edward Jones.
1: Now, specifically because we're in St. Louis and this is a major financial hub, could there or has there been an element of even cross-town rivalry as you move into this, maybe recruiting some some employees, maybe some stars from other companies across town in St. Louis, a Scottrade or a Wells Fargo or a or anything like that?
5: Yes, we have, we have brought some people over recently, but I think we have a big um, opportunity to bring more over in the St. Louis market. Honestly, we've seen much of our recruiting outside of St. Louis, in some of these big um, urban markets, but knowing that we also have what we call retirement transition plans, so we have a lot of our financial advisors that are looking to retire in the next five to ten years, and when they do that, they actually share their assets with newer advisors. So if you've got somebody who's maybe newer in a program at Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley or Wells or any of the bigger firms, um, this would be a great opportunity for them to, Look at Edward Jones and potentially be able to not only move their client base but also inherit some clients. So that's where we see a big opportunity in the St. Louis market as well.
1: And the fact that in St. Louis you have this this ecosystem does that benefit you to have your headquarters in a city where even if you're not hiring from across town, there's just this collaboration that happens when you have so many people in the same industry working close. Without
5: a doubt, I mean our brand is so strong, our community involvement is so strong in St. Louis um, that it is. it's fabulous. And, there, you know, leadership opportunities um, abound. You don't have to be in St. Louis, but there's certainly more in St. Louis for those that are looking for those opportunities as well. So, yeah, it's fun. It's really fun Michael, when people come from other cities for what we call a due diligence meeting or a home office visit, and they see the campus, and they're oftentimes very pleasantly surprised um, to see, you know, the size, the scale of Edward Jones.
1: And in terms of um, this focus on the urban areas, you know, I've noticed the GE this week just announced they're breaking ground on a new urban headquarters in the middle of Boston, moving from uh, a campus uh, nearby and just so many companies that are migrating back into the cities and also seeing population growing in cities. and, And how does that trend in America these days, the return to the cities, play into Um, What you're doing and your shift in focus.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we're doing. I mean, you look at all the millennials that are moving into cities, and, you know, these millennials are, you know, really can be clients and future clients of the firm. So we want to be where they are, Um, and uh, that's a big part of our move. Um, You also look what's changed at Jones is our client acquisition strategies. So um, as you know, we typically throughout history have done more of getting out into the residential communities and our advisors would introduce themselves and let uh, clients know that they're in their community. Well, we've also learned that in these urban markets, there's other ways of attracting clients. So whether it's through um, business networking, um, seminars, social media, So there are other ways to attract clients in these markets, and we've started to adapt our training programs to teach our advisors to develop their practices a little differently.
2: All right, so that was Catherine Mose with uh, Edward Jones. Michael, they're making some moves.
1: Yeah, Edward Jones looking at the urban areas, looking at recruiting. And we're looking at everything related to innovation on this show. And we'll talk about it next week. Find the podcast, share it, and we'll see you then.
0: Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone